Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where we talk about Bible drills and Tom Bombadils. Those rhyme. That was, yeah, we, we stretched, but we did. It's not a musical, but it's something. <laughs> I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Let's get straight to the news. West Side Story, uh, see how we do this, uh, the musical thing? Oh, okay. Yeah, West Side Story is being remade. Like movie-wise? Yeah, have you seen West Side Story? Sure. Yeah. What's, what's one of the songs in that? I'm testing uh, you right now. Uh, uh, when you're a jet. When you're a jet. <laughs> you're always from a jet. Your, okay. Yeah, yeah. We know what you're doing. All right, good. Uh, I think Opie's doing it from, uh, Op- you know Opie? Yeah, Ron Howard? His dad was a... No. No, no, no. Opie, his dad was a sheriff in small town. Oh. Um, yeah. You, Opie's doing it? Yeah. Well, now he's a director, which I is I heard fantastic. he goes by Ron Howard now. No, that's like a fake name. Okay. Uh, yeah, he does go by that, but his name's Opie. Um, We're talking about the same guy, though. Yeah. Good. Sure. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, what's that? That'll be fun. I love musicals. Uh, obviously, if you listen to last episode, you know Jeremy and I are musical fans and talented, and, t- and extremely talented. Yeah. yeah, you forgot extremely before it. <laughs> uh, solo trailer for the new Han Solo movie. Apparently, Little Bird told me. Well, by the time you, this comes out, it'll be too late. I guess you'll have already seen it. Well, oh, maybe. No, I, no, maybe not. Okay. I don't watch sports. Uh, solo is going to come out during the Super Bowl. The trailer for it. I will watch that. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch the Super Bowl. Well, Maybe a youth event. Oh, yeah. For the kids. <laughs> for the, I'll for do the, it for the kids. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. Will there I'll be snacks? The, yeah. Okay. Lots of snacks. Yeah, I'll come to that. Sure. There'll be wings or something. Uh, I'm excited to see the trailer. It's odd that this is, I think this is coming out in May. Oh, that's early. Yeah. It's coming out this year pretty soon, and we have seen nothing for it. Oh, it's late. Yeah. What did I say? And it's been it's been rife with problems. Is that how you say it? Rife? That's correct. Okay. It's been rife. Yeah, it's been Matt problems. rife with problems. Yeah. Matt rife. If you, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so we'll see. I don't know. I think they're kind of hush hush about it because I don't think it's very good. And I, oh. I've been hearing rumors that the main guy is a horrible actor who is playing solo. I, I don't even know his name. He's just a some, nobody. He's just some nobody guy. Well, he's been in stuff, but if you saw his face, you'd be like, Hujima, Hujima, what's he, you know, that's what my mom says. She goes, Hujima, what's he, uh, <laughs> I don't know who he is anyways, but they had to bring in an acting coach to help him on set. Oh, that's embarrassing. He's supposed to be a pro. Yeah. Professional. They, yeah. So they should have just rehired. That's embarrassing. Anyways, yeah, that's a shame. Uh, so yeah, we're excited. Woo-hoo, we're excited about that. Uh, Indy five is in production. Indiana. Oh, Jones. Indiana. Indiana. Not Indianapolis. Indiana. Let it go. Indiana. Indy five. Uh, Indiana Jones five is in production. Are you excited about this? I don't know. Who's going to play Indy? Uh, the main man. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah. He's how old is he? Like ninety? Aged. <laughs> he's probably like sixty. He just looks super. I think he should old. wear his earring. Here's if he's going to do it. Will Sean Connery be wheeled in? Because I imagine if if we think he's really old, how old is Sean Connery? Like one hundred and thirty? Sean Connery looks the same as he did thirty years ago. I know he'll come in and be like, "Indiana, hello," and be, everybody will be like, well, "He's still alive? Isn't he currently in action movies?" I don't know. Where is he? No, he's around. If you're listening to this and you know where he is, can somebody go check on him? Yeah. Or because if, I'm worried. Or if Sean, if you're listening, just, Sean, just are give you us okay? a call. <laughs> Could you give us a call? We're worried about I'm you. I'm fine. Uh, I'm fine. I'm coming to y'all. Uh, is he still alive? We don't know. Pray for Sean Connery. He is. Stephen King wants a Law & Order vampire series. <laughs> he says, you're not going to think I'm serious about this, but I am. I want Dick Wolf to add a new show to his franchise, Law and Order Vampire Squad. When we, uh, that sounds so good. I can't wait for that. 
Like they go hunting, you know, you know, uh, when we watch, I watch uh, SVU mm. special victims, unit with my wife, scary. Yeah. But we like that one. Okay. Um, I used to like it. I don't watch anymore. We used to sing sure. all the names. Do you yeah. ever do this? We sing the names as they come up. We go, my risk, and we go, BD Wong is here. And we make up words to the song. You may not. Just, you may not know this, yeah. but there are like 0% houses as fun as your house. Did they, does nobody else do that? No, no one else <laughs> does that. Got high, got they just sit See. there and stare at it and feel depressed. <laughs> See, now you're going to watch it and you're going to go, B.D. Wong is here. <laughs> um, I, speaking of this, this kind of makes me think of, there's this new show on Netflix called Bright with Will Smith. It's a movie. Oh, yeah. I watched it. It was not bad. Uh did you think it was horrible? I did. But see, here's the thing. I went in with horrible expectations. I went in with no expectations. And oh. It was horrible. Oh, well, okay. I like it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, has ridiculous language for no apparent reason. That's the biggest thing. Because it's, just, it's training day. Yeah, just with, language. There's nudity in too. Actually, don't watch it. Forget I said it. Anyways. <laughs> also, uh, it was it terrible. It was awful. So don't. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was a bad movie. Um, standalone Black Widow movie. 2020. 2020. 2020. Barbara Walters. 2020. Is she in that? She I don't that know. <laughs> She's not an interesting character to me. Why will this be a good movie? This is, wow. That is the most unfeminist thing you've ever said. How dare you say that? I didn't say We're in because she's she. It doesn't matter. In 2018, you just put a woman in a show. And it's good. And it's good in 2018. I disagree. Uh, jumping off this, we'll come back to this real quick. There is a all fee- all male cut of Last Jedi that somebody made and it's like 40 something minutes long Whoa! <laughs> because people were so upset that they're all these powerful women were in the movie and that the men didn't have anything to do. People are upset by this? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. very strange. <laughs> I know. That's ridiculous. just as weird Anyways, to me as the first like, thing you said. But I heard that and I was like, what? What happens in that film? Nothing? Just mm. Poe Dameron getting upset at himself? <laughs> because he yells at women the whole movie. That's basically Poe Dameron's character. Whoa. He does. That's true. He yells at Leia. Then he yells at yeah. Holda the or whatever other, her name is. Well, he yells at his superiors. Hodor. Yeah, he's the ladies. It has nothing to do with it being ladies. Uh Well, anyways, Black Widow. I think this could be really cool. But why? Here's the way you do it. You do it like a Ocean's Eleven spy, like James Bond. You do a female James Bond. I I require some background on her character. Okay. Tell me why she's good. Yeah. So she's good because she was in like this Russian uh, like camp where they trained girls to be assassins. Yeah. Now that kind of gets shady because there's this thing where they like, took a baby out of her and stuff. And hey, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Hey. I don't want to see all that. I don't want to get that deep in the woods. You don't want the backstory. No, I don't want that. Well, they will do some backstory. Okay. Like, let's just have her do a spy espionage thing. Let's throw Hawkeye in. Let's throw Captain America in. Let's throw some fun people in to help her out a little bit. But I already saw those movies. I know, but I want more. Oh, okay. That's what we're saying. I see. I see. Get out of here, Jeremy. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm on the feminist train. Woo woo. Here all we right. go. Good luck. Let's go. Uh, Stan, Jeremy just left. Um, Jeremy, come back. I'm sorry. All right, he'd come back. Uh, standalone Black I don't know. I think they're just pandering to people, but we'll see. Jude Law is in Captain Marvel, and he's playing Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah I think dude. that's a typo on you. You just did a triple take there. No, no. So, <laughs> okay. So, this is there's a kind of a long story. I'll make it as short as possible. Uh-huh. There was a character called Captain Marvel that was Shazam. Yeah. Well, Marvel got upset about that. So, DC had to change his name to Shazam, which they did. Right. He's no longer Captain Marvel. So Marvel said, just so that doesn't happen anymore, we're going to start our own series called Captain Marvel. And it started out with this guy named Marvel, uh-huh. and he was a Cree warrior. Okay, uh-huh. Marvel. Uh-huh. Well, he dies and he gives his powers, his Cree powers, to a woman named Captain 
Marvel, Miss Marvel, they call her, right? Okay. She started out as Miss Marvel and then became Captain. And they're like, we'd like Anyways, to promote you. Yeah. Okay. It's very complicated. So she got promoted and she's a pilot. It's really cool. She's one of my favorite characters and she's super strong, crazy strong. So that's going to be awesome. Anyways, uh, Jude Law's in that. Okay. Do you like Jude Law? Sure. He should be in everything, shouldn't he? No. No, too far? Yeah. His last name is Law. He's fine. Which ties in with Law and Order. Bam, 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 bam. Jude Law, B.D. Wong. <laughs> Captain Marvel. Captain Mar- B.D. Wong should be in everything. Mm. Uh, let's. That's all the news. That's enough, I that's think. Every, that's we enough. had a lot that's, more. Yeah, that's enough. But let's cut You're it. You're right. Uh, let's get to the main event. Tom Bombadil. A Bombadil for your soul. Ah. Uh, Bombadil. B-A-L-M, Bombadil. Uh, Tom Bombadil. Who is he? What What is he up to? Where Where is he from? What is he from, Jeremy? Well, Heath... Who's, who is Tom Bombadil? Tom Bombadil is a character who was tragically yep. cut from the Lord of the yep. Rings movies. So if you only know Lord of the Rings through the movies, uh, one... You're going, who's Tom? Yeah. Bomba what? And why are you listening to this? Yeah. Like, go read the, read Lord go of the read Rings. Read a book, you savage. <laughs> you Philistine. You're only here for the movies and video games. I don't <laughs> accept you. Uh, you have to read, too. Yeah. So, yeah, Lord of the Rings, Tom Bombadil is... Uh, He's the first, not the first to help the hobbits when they leave the Shire, True. but the first to save them. Yeah. So Farmer Maggot obviously helps them Duh. big time. Maggot. And really, <laughs> Frodo, Frodo's friends, Merry, Pippin, Pippin Warty, like. I forget his, his fatty, fatty, fatty Boldinger, <laughs> Bolger, something like Man, that. Man, Tolkien really went, he went deep with that one. He's like, <laughs> Merry Pippin, uh, what's another one? Fatty? Fatty, that's yeah. him. Bolger. Grumpy, He's, sniffy, stuffy. <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. Yeah. But uh, but but Tom Bombadil is the first one that saves them, and he saves them from Old, old Man Willow. Old Man Willow. It's different than that. He's a tree. He's, Willow. Yeah. He's just a tree, and uh, he hates uh, things that walk on now, two legs. Now this is in the movie. Them getting no. Mary and Pippin. Well, yeah, Mary Pippin gets stuck in the tree. What? Yeah, yeah. Where? And Gandalf takes the lines. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Um, Graybeard or Treebeard takes the lines. Uh, remember they get oh, stuck yes, in the tree. Yes, yeah. yes, and that Treebeard is true. actually says the same exact lines as Tom Bombadil. Right, that's at the end of the two towers. Yeah, so it's all mixed. They're around. in Fangorn. Yeah, you're which right. Is, so they so they could have kept Bombadil in, but they just switched things around. Yeah, Anyways. well, they really messed up the whole exiting the Shire. Period. Yeah, it's all messed up. Oh, Peter Jackson. But that doesn't matter. We're yeah. going to talk about Tom Bombadil, not the movies. Yep. So what do you want to say? Oh, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, my boy, Tommy Bomb. So Tom Bombadil's in this thing, uh, in the, the movie, and he kind of is this mysterious character. He comes out of nowhere. He sings a lot. He's very mm-hmm. jovial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how the song goes, but he says, Hey, doll, merry doll, ring-a-dong, dillo, ring-a-dong, hop-along, fall the willow. Tom Bomb, jolly Tom, Tom Bombadillo. He probably didn't rap the end of it. Tom Bombadillo. But yeah. Uh, Tom but Bombadillo, yeah. yo. He's got like bright uh, blue boots and a yellow yeah. something, and he's uh, he dances and sings. You know but and... he must have been in like a director's cut because there's some photo when I was researching this of a real man dressed, dressed like Tom Bombadil. Dressed like Tom Bombadil, and so I wonder if there was a director's cut thing. But see, I've seen the director's right. cut. Right. I mean, we. Yeah. I don't know, man. All that's own weird. the director's cut. Uh, so Tom Bombadil is full of power. He's a mysterious character who's super strong. Yeah. So here's how we're going to do this. We're kind of going to talk about the character from the book, right? Uh, a little bit about him and just kind of tell you the thing. And then we're going to talk about how we kind of think he, he, he relates with the Bible yeah. uh, and how he is a balm, right? For your soul or, or a balm for anxiety, like his kind of character. Really? He represents a balm. Yeah. Even though Tolkien might not have loved the idea no. of allegory. No, he did not. <laughs> Yet it's filled 
with on, uh, yeah. So okay. I'm going to read a couple of uh, longer sections. So I want you to just pull up a chair. Just Pop enjoy your pipe. Enjoy this. Your, some, yeah. Yeah. Your pipes. Get some, some pipe weed. Pipe weed. Legal pipe weed, <laughs> Legal. depending on your where Hobbit you are. Pipe weed. Yep. Don't 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 smoke weed. Okay. No. Uh, old man Willow. Tom says. Yep. That can soon be mended. I know the tune for him. Old gray willow man. I'll freeze his marrow cold if he don't behave himself. I'll sing his roots off. I'll sing a wind up and blow leaf and branch away. Old man willow. Classic Tom. Tom. Typical Tom. But you hear the power in Tom. Yeah, he's, he's like willow. Yeah, like he's got this. And he's going to do it in song. Yeah, he's going to sing to him. Yeah, he's going to do a musical. Leave his musical. <laughs> take away from yeah. there. And then later uh, he's with the hobbits and he asks Frodo to see the ring. He says, show me the precious ring. He said suddenly in the midst of the story, and Frodo, to his own astonishment, drew out the chain from his pocket and unfastening the ring, handed it at once to Tom. It seemed to grow larger as it lay for a moment on his big brown-skinned hand. Then suddenly he put it to his eye and laughed. For a second, the hobbits had a vision, both comical and alarming, of his bright blue eye gleaming through a circle of gold. Then Tom put the ring around the end of his little finger and held it up to the candlelight. For a moment, the hobbits noticed nothing strange about this. Then they gasped. There was no sign of Tom disappearing. Tom laughed again, and then he spun the ring in the air, and it vanished with a flash. Frodo gave a cry, and Tom leaned forward and handed it back to him with a smile. Now, this is super crazy, because if you know the story, the ring affects everybody. Right, this is the one ring to rule them all. It affects Galadriel. Gandalf doesn't even want to mess with it. Yep. It, it literally affects Boromir is tempted by it. Everyone is tempted by this ring. Yeah. And Frodo is so cautious to even let anybody touch it or see it, anything like that. Yeah, it freaks and, out. And Yabamadil's like, hey, let me see the ring. And he's like, okay. And he doesn't know why. Yes. He just gives it. And not only does it not affect him, it doesn't turn him invisible. He can do a little trick with it and he disappears it and brings it right back, right? Yeah, it's got no power over him. No power over him. And later on, Gandalf says, he says, not that Bombadil has power over the ring, but simply that the ring has no power over Tom. Yeah. Now, this we could go into length about what the ring is, really. It mm. represents sort of like sin and greed and power and really how it affects men right. um, and the evil. hearts of men, mm-hmm. right? It brings out the evil in men's hearts and whatnot. And we see how it taints Gollum, yeah. how it transforms him into the shell of a human being, what he used to be, a shell of a hobbit. Right. Uh, and so that will happen to Frodo eventually if he keeps the ring. Yep. But not Bombadil. Not Bombadil. It, he, it's not that he has power over it. It's that it has no power over him. That's interesting. Yeah. He seems that. to be free from whatever it is the ring whatever represents. Whatever the ring represents. Something like sin. Yeah. The, the next thing here is Tom Bombadil is full of years. Yep. So full of power, full of years. Full of years. Story time. When they caught his words again, they found that he had now wandered into strange regions beyond their memory and beyond their waking thought, into times when the world was wider and the seas flowed straight to the western shore, and still on back, Tom went, singing out into ancient starlight, when only the elf sires, elf sires were awake. Yeah. And it's this, uh, like, Tom is just telling these stories. And in the, in the book, they don't know if they've been sitting listening to him for hours or days. And, and he's, he's just uh, going old, way back. Yeah, he's going before, like, back to almost to creation, telling them about this stuff that's way beyond their grasp. But uh, it just shows Tom Bombadil's, like, incredible age and wisdom. And the cool thing is everybody knows of Tom. They have legends or folklore. So the humans have him, the mm-hmm. dwarfs have him, and the elves have all these different names for him. Yeah. And so they've known him for all throughout their lives. And it almost there's this almost a hint that his power or his his terrain used to go much farther 
than it was to the wood. And he just kind of retired to the little wood. Yeah. Um, when the world started getting, when Mordor started happening. Yeah, he started the, to retreat. Yeah, started to retreat to his own little area. Mm-hmm. Right. And at one point, uh, Frodo asks him, who are you, master? Eh? What? <laughs> Said Tom, sitting up and his eyes glinting in the gloom. Don't you know my name yet? That's the only answer. Tell me who you are, alone, yourself and nameless. But you are young and I am old. Eldest, that's what I am. Mark my words, my friends. Tom was here before the river and the trees. Tom remembers the first raindrop and the first acorn. He knew the dark under the stars when it was fearless, before the Dark Lord came from outside. So he's from the beginning. Yeah. What does that mean? Like this, this It's so mysterious because Tolkien, if you know his stuff, he, he made up elvish like right. the language. He wrote languages. He went in depth in all these characters, like with the early, like who created Middle-earth, the Eru Ilavatar. I can't even say the name, right? <laughs> but he's like the kind of the god, and then these other um, creatures are there, these other angel, angelic beings, and they sing yes. creation into being. Yep, and here they, we have a singer. And here we have a singer, yeah. right? So they sing creation into being, and then there are lesser beings, which are the wizards, which are Gandalf and Sauron and the, the blue wizards and the gray wizards, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like a hierarchy of power, right? But Tom, nobody knows what he is. There, yeah. there are so many fan theories and so many things. Um, and Tolkien kind of helps us a little bit. He says what he thinks he is or what he says, right. but it's still not a definitive answer, which is so bizarre Yeah, for Tolkien. Because he wants him to be mysterious. Yeah, he doesn't he want him to be concrete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we've got full of power, full of years or age. And then he's also full of mystery. A common speculation is that Tom Bombadil could be a spiritual being closely connected to Eru Ilavatar. So like we just talked about, I don't know how you say it. Somebody's going to be like, actually, (laughs) it's Ilavatar, you know. Uh, Or perhaps Eru himself in corporeal form. So it's kind of like he's God in corporeal form of Middle Earth. Mm -hmm. Um, This is due to the extent of Bombadil's unknown origin and powers and also Bombadil's full embodiment of song and music which are trademarks of Eru. So he sings everything. Right. Well, Tom sings and he has power through his song yeah. to stop old man Willow, do other things and yeah. uh, you know, all sorts of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got this in the letters of J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien wrote out all these letters. Kids would write him letters or people would write him letters and he'd answer them and he'd write these wonderful letters back explaining different little parts. So yeah. he said, um, Tom has a wife named Goldberry who is uh, in the books or whatever. She's she's his wife. The river daughter. Yeah, and Tolkien describes Goldberry as the seasonal changes in the nature and Tom Bombadil as the spirit of the vanishing Oxford and Berkshire countryside, meaning that Tom is the countryside existing in time, alive and embodied. However, this letter was in reference to works which predated the writings of Lord of the Rings and thus may not be true as Tom appears in Lord of the Rings. So before this, there's a whole bunch of poems called The Adventures of Tom Bombadil. I was going to say, what kind of fanboy is writing letters yeah. to ask about Tom yeah, Bombadil yeah. before he's around? Yeah, there's a book of poems that came before Lord of the Rings called The Adventures of Tom Bombadil. Well, now I have to read that. And only two of them actually deal with Tom Bombadil, which is interesting. I didn't know that that existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see, I, I dug the rabbit hole here. Look I met the you. rabbit. I went down the rabbit hole and I met him. <laughs> um, so he's an embodiment, I think, personally, he's an embodiment of Middle-earth himself. Gandalf makes the statement that if Sauron wins, Bombadil would be the, la- the last one to go, and then finally the Earth. Mm. So I think he's almost an embodiment of Middle-earth himself, kind of going with what Tolkien said, that he, he and Goldberry are the seasons or the changing of times, yeah. and that's why he has power over nature. Um, and even they even say later on, I think we may talk about this in a second, but they say later on, why don't we just bring the ring back to Bombadil? Right. And Gandalf says, man, he would not even care about that. Right. He would lose it. Right. Like he would just be like, oh, where'd that thing go? And then he said, even if we told him about the story and stuff, he'd like 
be asleep. He wouldn't right, it care. Would, it would fall away from importance yeah, for him. Yeah, it would just be, unless we wanted to talk about the Ents. That's yeah. what he'd care about, nature. Right, right. Um, so that's probably the main thing. I don't think he's the embodiment of God. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Tolkien would purposely want to do that even. Right. He'd I be agree. too powerful, and I don't think it makes sense in the story. Yeah. So. And you've got, so we ran through uh, Bombadil's full of power, full yep. of years, full of mystery. And then I think the one we want to focus on uh, as our jumping off point to talk yeah. about our Lord is that he's full of safety. Uh, so here's something from the book. It says, come, dear folk. Oh, I'm sorry. This is uh, Goldberry. She says, come, dear folk. She said, taking Frodo by the hand. Laugh and be merry. I am Goldberry, daughter of the river. Then lightly she passed them, and closing the door, she turned her back to it, with her white arms spread out across it. Let us shut out the night, she said, for you are still afraid, perhaps, of mist and tree shadows and deep water and untamed things. Fear nothing, for tonight you are under the roof of Tom Bombadil. Let me say a fun little fact about this. I had no clue who Goldberry was for a long, long time, Hmm. and my sweet mate in college had a picture of this girl, this golden haired girl, this drawings thing on his wall. And I said, who is that? Uh He says, well, that's Goldberry, my friend. And I go, what? (laughs) And he had to explain, this is my, one of my wonderful friends, John Holbeck. Uh And he, he had this picture of Goldberry and he loves Lord of the Rings. And man, he could, I, if he lived here, I'd have him on talk about this because he knows everything. He's like a Stephen Colbert level magnitude. <laughs> like Stephen Colbert knows Elvish and stuff. He yeah. knows Tolkien. Yeah. But this is my buddy Holbeck and he has a picture of Goldberry up on his wall. Mm. So what a what a true fan there. Anyways, <laughs> all right, sorry to interrupt. That's Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she later says, have peace now, she said, until the morning. Heed no nightly noises for nothing passes door and window here save moonlight and starlight and the wind off the hilltop. Good night. And then uh, later that night, uh, I think this is so interesting. The Hobbits... Yeah. Each dream of danger and fear their first night in, in, uh, in Tom's house, but wake to find nothing to fear, except Sam, who slept through the night in deep content, if logs are contented. <laughs> and it's just this, uh, this picture of just the, it's like the presence of Tom is not just rescue from danger, but it's an absence of danger. Like him being there, there's, she says, and she means there's nothing to fear. And it's not like, hey, we'll keep you safe if something goes down. It's there's nothing to fear when you're with with Tom Bombadil. There's a joy about him, too, that that causes Frodo to forget the ring. Yeah. To forget the quest. It's almost like he's just in this moment and he just hands the ring over and he's like, whoa, okay." And then it kind of he puts it on. It doesn't happen. And it it brings him back. and He's like, what's going on here? Yeah. And the fact that he can tell stories and it brings him back. There's a moment here where it's a respite from everything that's going to happen after mm-hmm. and what a journey they have after Tom Bombadil. Right. Like this, this isn't m- partway through the journey. This is the beginning. It's a moment <laughs> of peace. And there's even this part where they, they leave Tom Bombadil's house. Mm-hmm. The ring race immediately come after them. Yep. And Tom has to come and save them from the ring race. That's how powerful he is. He yeah. boots the ring race out. Of yeah. The with, wood. A, with a song again. With a song. Mm-hmm. And so you see how powerful it is. And he says, don't worry, I'll carry you to the edge of the wood now. Yeah. And so once again, they're safe in his presence. They're safe while they rest in him. Yeah. Uh, and so this is, uh, this is our, I mean, if you've been listening to us long enough, you know where we're going with this. this is obvious as we think about Jesus, the man of mystery who is full of power, full of years, mm-hmm. right? The ancient of days is what they call him in the Bible. Um, and here he is this mysterious figure that we know yes. that we can know that we worship, that we love, um, who we are truly safe in his presence. Mm-hmm. And we're invited by him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Yeah. He is the Prince of Peace. He will give you peace. He will give you rest, uh, free you from anxiety. Yeah. Uh, so we have some Bible verses here we want to read, and we'll talk a little bit about it. 
Uh, Jeremiah 17.8 says, He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear bear fruit. So this is, uh, you know, I don't really know the context of this, but the he is the one who seeks the Lord. Yeah. And... uh, same thing from Psalms, Psalm yeah. 1, where it talks about the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. Uh, that's where this is all coming from. Yeah, and you and, imagine it's a tree by the stream. Like, what does that tree have to worry about? Getting all the water, right. all the nutrients it could possibly need. Yep. It's just there. It's not anxious in the year of drought because yeah. the water's right there. I think it's about all community. I think about plants. Like, if you have plants that fight for sunlight, mm-hmm. uh, this is a tree that doesn't have to fight for sunlight. It's right there by the stream. It has all the water, has nothing to worry about. And, and so it's rooted yeah. deep. Its roots run deep. Yep. Uh, and that's the picture that we're given here of the one who walks in the path of Christ, walks, follows his footsteps. Yeah. Before we hit record, we were talking about the, uh, the time that Jesus spent with the disciples. Like there was this period uh, where certainly things happened and there were trials and weird stuff with Peter. And, you know, it's, it's not yeah. like everything yeah. was was peace Judas. in the same way that the hobbits experienced it with, with Tom. But this is peace come to reside. Like uh, if you go back to our last podcast or our last episode about the attributes of God, like God is peace. And there's this, there's this uh, moment in history where Christ is on the earth uh, with his disciples. In the light. Yeah. And they're walking in the light. Yeah. And they're just like, what? I, I don't even think they could know the peace. Obviously they're, the, the disciples, their sin uh, disrupts that, even with the presence of Christ there. Yeah. But man. Uh, this yeah. this moment of Frodo and Sam in the house, it reminds me of the transfiguration. Mm. This moment where Peter is so elated and so in the moment, he's forgotten everything, and he goes, Lord, let's set up some tents. Yeah. And let's just let's just have some fun here. Let's, let's just, just camp out. Forever. Let's just be here forever. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus says, no, we can't, can't do that, Peter. Can't right. do that. Uh, but this is that moment where I wish I could stop the story here in Lord of the Rings because the rest is so tragic. Yeah. And Jesus says, I've protected you while I'm here. While the light was here on the earth, you were protected. You were, you were safe. But now when I'm leaving, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. You're going to have trouble. And all of the disciples, except for John, go to horrible deaths. Mm-hmm. They're beheaded and crucified upside down from what we know about Peter and stoned. And, uh, you know, I think they even do try to kill John. John dies in prison, right? Yeah. So they're killed in these horrible, horrible ways. And for three years, they had peace with Christ. Mm-hmm. And that was just a taste of the peace that they were going to have in heaven. And so they can all go to their deaths, right. and they, which they do for the cause of Christ, because they know that this is just temporary yeah. uh, and that they want that peace again. They go, if, if I have to go through the rest of his life preaching the gospel, suffering for that, I'll go because I know Bombadil's house mm. waits. Right. And right? we'll be back there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get like too far into the whole story yeah. arc of the Lord of the Rings, yeah. because I like to come back to that at some point and talk about Which this we many times. Uh, but if you think about Frodo, like he leaves Tom Bombadil's house and then goes on this just kind of nightmare adventure. Yeah. Like uh, to the point where he's completely abandoned to the ring uh, and he won't give it up. And then uh, Gollum, of course, takes that choice away from him, bites it off his finger. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then uh, Frodo is so scarred by that that he can't, he can't find peace back in the Shire, and he has to go to a new country, yeah, uh, to, to have with, true with peace. Gandalf, yeah. yeah, and they see, uh, man, I just love that part where he sees Gandalf. I think Samwise says, "Is everything sad 
going to become untrue, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he's, he forgot what it was like to laugh or to smile. Right. And it was just a moment where he's back in that piece again mm. with the elves and everything's and right. And everything's yep. been made right at the end of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Luke 12, 22 through, through 34. It's a big chunk here, but we're going to go through it. Uh, and he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do such a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies of the field, field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What incredible safety and comfort there is at the feet of Christ. Fear not, little flock. Yeah. Little flock, he calls us, and he is the good shepherd. Uh, you know, read Psalm 23, mm-hmm. though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Uh, you know, the picture of Jesus as the good shepherd who watches his sheep, yeah. uh, who leaves the 99 to get the, the one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the loving shepherd who will protect us. He's always with us. Yeah. And so though we walk through the shadow of the valley of death, we will fear no evil for he's with us. Yeah. His rod and his staff. And the true safety that uh, Tom Bombadil's house poorly represents is found in Christ. Yeah. Uh, there's no... There's no anxiety available um, when you're at, when you're in worship of Jesus. And so, man, if Tolkien did not have this in mind, it's so perfect because the Bible even talks about God singing over us, yeah, singing over His people, um, and it's it's a song of peace that He sings over His people. Mm-hmm. You know, the angels show up and they say peace. You know, like uh, they have to because they're so terrifying. But they come bringing peace to all men on whom God's favor rests. Yes. Uh, so Jesus comes as the bearer of peace, and in him we can rest. This is the last little verse here. We have Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Yeah, so this is really easy for us to say. Yeah, sure. Uh, but if you talk to Jeremy and I, I'm an extremely anxious person. Uh, I know Jeremy gets anxious too. What? Right? Yeah, 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 it happens. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, I do get anxious. And I do fear, and I do worry, and it's about silly things. Uh, it doesn't take much to set me off on an anxious yeah. thing because I'm a warrior. You know, I kind of get it from my mom a little bit. <laughs> mom, I love you. Uh, we're both, you know, we're warriors. And serious things. There's not only silly things yeah. going on in our lives. Yeah, there's, there's, serious there's actual things to think about. And so Jesus yeah. is not saying, uh, don't think about anything. Just wake up and fly by the seat of your pants. Right, and just be big smiles all the time. Yeah, he's talking about giving it to him. Yes, He's talking about, do not be, you know, if you're worried about food, there are people in this world who are legitimately worried about food. Right. And there are Christian organizations that are worried about those people getting food. Mm-hmm. And so, so God knows that they need food, yeah. right? And he's working that out. 
Right. There are people who need clothing. There, you know, think think about all of that. Like, you know, I, my wife and I just got our. It's been cold here where we are, and we just got our power bill. And mm-hmm. I was like blown away by how much my power bill was. But then I had to take a step back and go, I'm so grateful to have a power bill. Yeah. Like, like what a privilege it is for me to have a power bill. Like, right. <laughs> Somebody my, invoices your heat. Yeah, my heat. Like <laughs> my word. How you know? I sat there and I could have been anxious about it. I'm like, oh my word, we have to pay this. Like this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just sitting there going, thank you, Lord, that I am in heat. Yeah. That I have some sort of warmth. Um, so man, what a that's a way to redeem a bill right there. Start <laughs> thinking about how think about the blessing that God gives you um, and how much worse it could be. Yeah. And remember the the hobbits sitting in Tom's house weren't trying to gin up a sense of comfort or a yeah. sense of safety. They weren't trying to convince themselves, I'm I'm probably safe because I should feel safe. What what they were noticing is that they were surrounded in safety. Yeah. It was a true nothing could hurt them there. Yeah. It was a true actual safety. They didn't have to pretend to not be anxious. And it there were moments when they were anxious. They had bad dreams. But they woke up and realized, oh I'm safe. And we when we have real life bad dreams. Yeah. Uh, where where life is hard and we feel anxious, that's fine. But look forward to that moment and maybe see if you can push yourself there by studying the word where you realize I'm safe. I am safe. I'm in the hands of Christ. Yeah. And surround yourself with encouragers. Like when I get anxious like that, like I need, I need my wife to encourage me. I need Jeremy to encourage me. I need people to remind me that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Right. And that, you know, I look back on my life all the times I've worried about, I'm like, man, I wasted how could I add an hour of my life? Right. Mm. You know, I, did I No, I did not. You just worried. I just worried. Yeah. And it was all for naught. And mm-hmm. the Lord always provides in just the most unexpected ways in my life. I could write a book about the ways God's provided in my life in the last 29 years. Yeah. It's just remarkable. Um, and so I, I give it to him. I have to give it to him. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to stop worrying. I'm not going to stop being anxious. It's going to happen. I'm sinful. Yeah. But each day I hope I get a little better at bringing it to the cross and saying, Lord, would you, would you take this away from me? Would you take away my fear and my doubt and my anxiety? Would you help me to trust in you? Um, and if that means going to the, the mountain, Mount Mordor hmm. and waiting for Gollum to bite my finger off, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, there, there, I know there's going to be suffering ahead. Yeah. I know there's going to be time of worry ahead. Uh, and so I pray that the Lord would sanctify me through that. Uh, one thing I think about this, um, I think about suffering and people who suffer. And I heard this wonderful thing from Paul Washer where he has chronic back pain, really bad back pain. Mm. And he was telling this story how he woke up one day and it was gone. He was like outside and he threw a football with his son and his son said, dad, you just threw a football. And he's like, what, you know, like he could not, he was overcome with joy that his back pain was gone. Hmm. And he said, he went to his room, he laid on the ground, he prayed and he said, Lord, if the back pain would bring me closer to you, then bring it back. Yeah. Then bring it back. Uh, And it makes me think about how our sufferings and our anxiety and our worries and our fears, these trials that we go through, Mm -hmm. how actually looking back, they actually bring me closer to him. Um, now I shouldn't want them or desire them, which mm. I don't want to, uh, but if they'll bring me closer to him, then I would, I would delight in suffering. I, yeah. would, I would encourage it yeah. if he's going to sanctify me through it. There's a member of our congregation. I won't name him in case he doesn't want to be, but, uh, but he, uh, shared a life story of his, where his wife, uh, and he were praying for a, literally a list of people that they would be saved, that they would come to Christ. And, uh, it was common in their prayer to say the words, uh, if we, if you can use us by our lives or our deaths to bring these people to Christ, then, then that your will be done. Yeah. 
And, uh, and then she got, got sick and was in the hospital for not a long time, but, but a few months. And, uh, in her suffering and the way that she, that she's died, all of those people on that list, every single one of those people, and it wasn't a short list, uh, became Christians and professed faith in Christ either during her illness or in the months and years after that. But, uh, but he kept track of that. And it's that weird thing. Like what, what is it that we're focused on? What are we holding on to? Is it our comfort? Is it the soft chairs in Bombadil's house (laughs) or is it Bombadil? Like the safety that is there is because of the man, the God man, Jesus Christ. Our, Our safety is not in being part of the church or being saved it's in Christ. Christ is salvation. Yeah, we were talking about this with faith. We were saying it's it's not our faith; it's the object of our faith that saves yeah, us. Absolutely. Um, so it's our faith directed towards the faithful one. Yeah, God is the Christ. center. Uh, keep him there. Let me say a quick tangent. I've been praying about and thinking about this the other day. Uh, I've been thinking about R.C. Sproul's death lately and just how much of an impact he left. And I just went to a memorial service and I was thinking about this impact that people leave. Um, and it was just absolutely amazing to me to think that not only will R.C. Sproul not only did he bring glory and honor to God in his life, Mm -hmm. but for hundreds of years from now, his death and his legacy will continue to bring glory and honor to God. Yeah. That is crazy. I guess I've never thought of that. Like that not only, not only should I seek to strive not to bring my legacy, not for some legacy or anything like that, but, but to leave something behind where others would look on my death and look on my life, my legacy for years that they would, they would honor God. Yeah. Uh, man, so that's a challenge to me, to Jeremy, uh, to all of us, to, to think about how you're going to live, living in Christ, resting in Him. Mm-hmm. How are you going to live in such a way that even in your death and your memory, how would your memory bring honor to God? Yeah, and I would say if you live in Christ and seek to glorify Him, you will continue to glorify Him forever. Yeah. And He'll figure that out. Yeah. And Christians are anchors. We are anchors in the midst of suffering and storms. We are, uh, we are people who have hope an eternal hope, and that hope is in Jesus Christ who died for us to save us. Um, and so we are we weather the storm. Mm. Uh, I often use the analogy, I'm from Florida, and when hurricanes came come through, uh, the boards are all ripped up on these piers. We have these huge piers that go out in the water, mm-hmm. and the boards are all ripped up, but what is sticking out of these giant poles, these foundational poles? Yeah. And you just rebuild. Yeah. You just rebuild the poles. And so uh, we need Christians and communities who are the foundation, and when hurricanes come through, we rebuild on the foundation of Christ, on the foundation of the Bible, back to the basics, right? right. We rebuild, and the hurricanes will come, uh, but Christ is there, and we are strong in the storm. So thanks so much for listening to the Nerd Gospel Podcast. I hope we've whetted your appetite for Lord of the Rings. We want to talk about Lord of the Rings more. Yeah, we'll do a few of those this year. Yeah, and we have some other stuff coming up. We'll have another back to the basics next time. I think we're talking about prayer which would be fun. And, and then, I think we're going to go see Black Panther. And then we're going to see Talk the about that. Black Panther, baby. We're so excited. Not Black Widow, Black Panther. Well, we'll see uh, that when we'll it comes out, the, I'm sure. 2020. That's a long time. That's job security <laughs> right there. Uh, anyways, thanks so much for listening to the Nerd Goss Podcast. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. ring a dong hop along, the willow. Tom-bum, jolly tom, tom-bum, Hey, come, merry doll, dairy doll, my darling. Light goes the weather wind and the feathered starling. Down along underhill, shining in the sunlight. Waiting on the doorstep for the cold starlight. There, my pretty ladies, river woman's daughter.
Slender as the willow wand, clearer than the water. Oh, Tom Bombadil, water lilies bringing, comes hopping home again. Can you hear him singing? Hey, come, merry doll, merry doll, and merry oh, gold berry, gold berry, merry yellow berry oh. Poor old willow man, you tuck your roots away. Tom's in a hurry now. Evening will follow day. Tom's going home again. Water lilies bringing. Hey, come, Derry doll, can you hear me singing?